This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, delighted to have you with me. Uh, before I get into any phone calls, I, I try not to be a harbinger of doom. I try to be optimistic. Sadly for all of you, I can read the tea leaves and I am concerned doom is upon us. <laughs> um, there are problems and I'm not talking social currents. I'm not talking social instability. Uh, economically, uh, things are starting to become more and more problematic. Uh, so listener Chris, who is in the mortgage business, was texting me. After I mentioned Charlie uh, Munger yesterday, uh, he, Charlie is the right-hand man to Warren Buffett. Charlie Munger is 99 years old. He and Warren Buffett started Berkshire Hathaway together. Brilliant uh, economic mind, and he is beginning to caution that the commercial real estate business in this country is having serious problems. In fact, I just pulled up uh, this uh, Bloomberg News, and the very top block, the headline is commercial real estate and big tech are proving to be a toxic mix. Rising interest rates and heavy debt loads are a problem for parts of the data center industry. Industry That's true, but there's a larger problem. Let me make this relatable to most of you who live in urban, suburban areas. Maybe you commute to cities to work. A lot of your office buildings that you see out there on the horizon are empty. When COVID hit, they sent all the workers home. And in many places, the workers never went back. The result is that leases are coming up, and a lot of companies are saying, we don't need all this space now. We'll let people work from home. And as that happens, and they vacate buildings, well, those buildings are owned by businesses that have mortgages on the properties. Many of them have balloon payments or their interest rates were variable and the bills are coming due. 
That's a lot of commercial real estate probably about to send companies to bankruptcy. And that's a problem. Now there's another problem. A lot of these businesses with a lot of commercial real estate did not go to Wells Fargo, Bank of America, JP Morgan Chase, or Citibank to get their loans. They went to regional banks. So while everyone's been focused on the First Republics and the Silicon Valleys and the signature banks, uh, your regional banks that are working with commercial builders to build out commercial inventory are going to be footing the bills, holding the debt of the commercial real estate entities that no longer have the tenants to generate the revenue to pay the mortgages. So that spills over into the banks. And then you, who have your money parked at a regional bank that has trouble, well, uh, guess what? The FDIC is going to insure you up to $250,000. Will they do to you what they did to Silicon Valley Bank? Maybe not. Do you have a Democratic donor who also happens to be a lobbyist to the Democrats? They're going to have to come to terms with this. Y'all, we got a series of cascading problems in the country. You got the commercial real estate problem post-COVID. You've got some builders who want to convert some of these com- some of these empty buildings to housing. In fact, uh, where I am here in Atlanta, a big developer, there's a lot of empty uh, commercial real estate space in downtown Atlanta, and they want to convert them into housing. Now, in some cases, that's not possible because the buildings are old and the plumbing can't be run in a way without really gutting the buildings and rebuilding them, which would be highly expensive. You, you can't get a bunch of people to have apartments with toilets unless you have shared community toilets, which isn't a thing in the United States. And then there's this. New data shows that most business travelers right now make less than $50,000 a year and are under the age of 35. You're like, how's this a problem? Well, is your 30-year-old who makes less than $50,000 going to go hang out at the bar at the local steakhouse and have a few cocktails and an expensive steak? Probably not. 10 years ago, The guy who was traveling for business made $100,000, was in his 40s, and liked a good glass of wine or bourbon and a steak before they went to bed while they were on a business trip. Your 30-year-old making less than 50 doesn't do that. So it has a spillover effect into the restaurant economy in the downtown and in midtown areas where businesses are. On top of that... We've got what looks to be a big stock market correction starting to come. There's still a whole lot of room for the stock market to fall. And there have been recurring patterns in the stock market where it reaches certain points that indicate the market is going to go down significantly, and it looks like that is upon us. On top of that, Price of a barrel of crude oil is down 4.9% to $71.95 a barrel, but Saudi Arabia has continued to say it's going to make cutbacks. Now, you should know the price of a barrel of oil tends to go down about now because there's a conversion to summer blends for oil. And during the time between the, the winter blend and the summer blend, the price of oil historically goes down and then it goes up. 
by June, the price of barrel of oil starts going back up. Right now, it's very low. It's $71.95 for a barrel of oil right now is actually a very good price compared to the last year or so. It's not great, but it's better. But with Saudi Arabia cutting back, that means the price of barrel of oil is going to go back over $80. That's the target for Saudi Arabia. They want it over $80. That's going to continue to cause all sorts of problems for the energy sector, for the farming sector, for the transportation sector, for the aviation industry. Prices are still going to go up. You add all those things together and then one more data point. The Federal Reserve is probably going to raise interest rates again. That pushes us all into a recession. Morgan Stanley has announced it plans to cut 3,000 more jobs. Companies are doing less deals. IBM has announced it intends to hire a pause hiring for jobs that AI might be able to do, artificial intelligence might be able to do. U.S. job openings have fallen and layoffs have jumped. Job openings dropped a third month in a row to 9.59 million jobs open. You know, the two states with the most job openings in the country right now, I read the other day, Georgia and Florida. Layoffs have risen to the highest since 2020, led by the construction industry. The construction industry, of course, hard hit by the mortgage rate or by the interest rate increase. We've got a lot of factors that are colliding all at one time. Karine Jean-Pierre the other day said uh, they're not wor- she and the White House are not worried about any more banks collapsing. And then yesterday, First Republic Bank got sold off. And now two more banks are collapsing. Maybe not collapsing altogether, but they're having a hard time. PacWest Bank Corp and Western Alliance Bank Corp led to a big sell-off in regional lenders today. Renewed fears over the health of the financial system. Trading in both firms triggered multiple volatility halts after PacWest fell as much as 42%. Western Alliance plunged 27%. Charles Schwab, a brokerage with a banking arm that comes under pressure in the recent route, sank 5.3%. Comerica and Zions Bank Corp each fell 10%. The turmoil comes a day after J.P. Morgan Chase and Company's Jamie Dimon said the current banking crisis is nearing its end after his bank purchased First Republic, though he acknowledged it's possible for other small lenders to fail. Regional banks are down 29% already this year. Now let's recall what I said at the beginning of this hour. What do most regional banks do business in? Commercial lending. For what? For properties. What are we seeing in this country? People aren't going back to offices. Office leases are expiring. Those bills are coming due, and those offices are empty with no one to pay the rent. And with no one to pay the rent, they have no money to pay the mortgage, and the mortgage is held by what? The regional banks. Dun-dun-dun. You see where this goes. Now, here's the problem. All these things are coming to a head later this year. 
A recession is bearing down on us. Many industries feel like the recession has already started. I know just the advertising market now, like we're doing the sponsorships for the gathering uh, in August. we got all the presidential candidates coming to Atlanta, uh, have all the listeners come together in person who can, who've gotten tickets. It's almost sold out. And we're, we're running into trouble trying to, to round out the sponsors because a lot of major companies and a lot of major nonprofits and stuff that would, would otherwise sponsor the conference are like, ah, we, we got to save our money right now. We see hard times coming. This is a big red flag across the industry, across sectors of the economy. And the president heads to re-election. And this president doesn't seem to understand how to solve these problems without a massive government intervention. If government intervenes, what's it going to do? Spend money. What's spending money going to do? Cause inflation. What's inflation going to do? Cause interest rates to go up. What interest rates going to do going up? Cause even worse economic calamity. This administration is so wedded to progressive orthodoxy in management of the economy, it is going to have this circular feedback loop that makes everything worse. We need the free marketeers at this time. In fact, we need the people who are committed to the creative destruction of the marketplace. Let the banks fail. Let the businesses go under. Let the creative destruction of the marketplace have entrepreneurs who are in the middle class pick the pieces up and they become the next group of wealthy people in the country. But this administration shows no desire to allow that to happen. They would prefer to subsidize the rich who have made all the bad decisions and subsidize and keep going the zombie companies that should be allowed to go bankrupt. And that perpetuates the sad, sick cycle of government bailout and regressive economics that allow the country to stagnate. We need better economic leadership in this country. We're not going to get it from Joe Biden, unfortunately. I keep having friends tell me they realized I was right. Every time you wash sheets from Bowling Branch, they get softer and softer. They're the most luxurious sheets. The highest quality, incredible craftsmanship with just unmatched softness. 100% traceable organic cotton. It gets softer with every wash. I tell you guys that it's true. I can tell you it's a big difference. And I have bought different pairs of sheets to try to find some best. I keep coming back to my Bowling Branch sheets. They're incredible. They're buttery to the touch, super breathable. They're perfect for cooler weather and warmer weather. Why the drape? You actually feel like you've got something of substance on you so you can snuggle in, but you don't get overwhelmingly hot during the during the summertime, and it's just the perfect weight under the blanket as well during the wintertime. I love Bowling Branch sheets. They're so luxurious. They're loved by four U.S. presidents. Got over 10,000 raving reviews. Right now, get 15% off your first order when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at BowlingBranch.com. That's Bowling Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, you want to grow, grow with First Liberty. See if they can help you. If you're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, buying out your business partners, your competitors, they might be able to give you access to capital where other lenders have failed you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them Eric sent you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Waiting very patiently. On the phones is Gretchen. Welcome to the show. Gretchen, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. I wanted to affirm what you said about sexually explicit books in school libraries. For the past two years, I've listened to mothers read from these books at school board meetings in my community. Uh, Most, if not all, were depictions of heterosexual, sexually explicit acts. Um, Locally, mothers even filed and won a federal lawsuit to read from these books at school board meetings. Here's the kicker. When our local reporter was asked if excerpts 
read by uh, read by mothers from the books would be published. The reporter said, "Oh, uh, we cannot print obscene material. It's ridiculous." <laughs> Newspapers yeah. have standard school libraries, don't. The opposition or the left are more concerned about uh, people being representative. And I think it's sick that sexually explicit books are what they think is what best represents the very communities they say are being shut out by, by these book, in quotes, bans. They're not being banned. You can go buy them. You can go get them at public libraries. We're just saying don't put them in the school libraries. Yeah, but of all it, things, the reporter said, no, we can't print obscene material. Right. Uh, and, you know, it, it would if the reporters were really fair and not pushing an agenda, they would note the books are so explicit, they can't put the descriptions in, they can't put the pictures in, but they're not. They're accusing conservatives of banning books from schools when the argument from the conservatives is that the books are so explicit, you can't even read the depictions and the, the, the descriptions in a school board meeting, you can't print the pictures in the newspaper. CNN will not run pictures from the books while you're arguing about uh, banning books. Be honest, and you can't be. The, the media can't be. It, y'all, it's really disturbing that so many members of the media have gotten in on the grooming game that they want your kids to have access to these explicit books on how to, in some cases, have intimate relations with older people, people of the same sex, people of different sex, you name it. And they want your elementary school kid to be able to have access to it. I mean, we're talking books available for a third or fourth grader to stumble upon. Just crazy. And then... When you call them out, they're like, well, we can't show pictures of the books. If you can't show pictures of the book in your newspaper, they shouldn't be in an elementary school library. That should just kind of be common sense. But the New York Times won't cover it that way. Local newspapers won't cover it that way. NBC News won't cover it that way. CNN won't cover it that way. It's it's there's a level of dimension that reminds me. I got this guy. um, Somebody put this video up. Let me just play you some of this. This is a man in Great Britain and a woman, older woman, showed up at his home to question him about his child. Where's the audio here? Reroute the audio. Come on here. Um, So this guy has this woman show up at the house and question him. Come to my house to complain about my baby wearing pink. I was just asking, really, why you keep putting her in pink and not other colours? Well, traditionally, girls often wear pink. Well, I think you'll find that was back in the day. I don't think it's today. I think you can wear any colour you want now. Well, well no, you can. She she uh, just she uh, doesn't just she has, she she has other like clothes as well, but her favourite colour is pink. Well, I've only ever seen her in pink, and I think that's not allowing her to have freedom of what really gender freedom. she wants to be. But she, freedom. Well, she she's a baby. She's not a baby. She's, she's a baby. She's two. She looks a lot older than that to me. But anyway... Well, hold on a What's any of your concern? Well, it's my concern because I believe that the world has got better since we've got all this fluidity with genders and okay. the different types of genders now. Okay. 
This went on for three minutes. Random stranger woman goes to this man's home to demand that he allow his child to wear something other than pink, as if it's her business. We have gone insane as a society humoring these crazy people. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. I I, I wasn't going to continue down this rabbit hole, but I've got to because I got this uh, video Greg Price shared on Twitter. This is uh, before the Health and Welfare Committee of the Louisiana House of Representatives. This is a mother testifying against House Bill 463, which would ban pediatric gender mutilation. Had anxiety and would never sleep, and we couldn't figure out what the problem was. We took him to specialists and um, neurologists, and he had brain scans trying to figure out why he couldn't sleep. Um, then uh, as he grew, he got to sleeping, um, but his food choices were odd. They were always like green vegetables, raw green vegetables, which if you know kids, most kids don't like to eat those things. Um, and then the precocious puberty. Um, all of those things, once we figured out uh, that he was transgender, when he came to us and told us uh, that he was transgender, when we went back and realized that the pattern of everything um, that he had experienced as a child, including eating green vegetables, because that boosts testosterone, were just methods of his body trying to become who he was meant to be. <laughs> so that's why I like Brussels sprouts, because I'm a dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> Gosh. Wow. So if your girlfriend is eating green vegetables, fellas, um, you, you might actually have a boyfriend and not know it. I, wow. Wow. Um, I, y'all, this is one of those things where you, you shouldn't laugh at, at this. I mean, clearly there's, but I mean, this is, this is the explanation that my child was eating green vegetables, which boost testosterone. Therefore, it's clear to me in hindsight that my child was trying to manifest herself as a boy because she was eating green vegetables, which kids don't do, which meant she was trying to become a he and somehow eating the vegetables made the girl a dude. Um, I, at some point you gotta, I feel sorry for these people, but you also just have to laugh at the absurdity of it. You, you do at some point have to laugh at the absurdity of it. The, that one of the indicators that uh, their, their daughter is actually a boy was because the daughter ate raw green vegetables. Um, and, and, and um, th this just, here's another one. Here's another one. Um, and then I, sure, sorry, I was Christmas shopping for them. They were 18 months old and I bought one of those toy tool benches and I was making the joke 
that well when one of them comes to me and says they're a man when they're 18. I can't say I didn't see it coming just because they kind of did draw the boy toys. And I was just making a joke. But I am so glad I said it out loud because I have that in my mind now that at 18 months old, something, something somewhere was telling me what he knew all along. Sure, of course. Okay. Um, but so when he could start talking, he articulated to me that he was a boy. Mommy, I'm a boy. Mommy, I'm a boy. And both of my kids did mommy, I'm a puppy, all that. It's It was very different. And So they both did mommy, I'm a puppy, but she took her daughter seriously when she said mommy, I'm a boy. We drug our feet on it because, what? You know, it's normal to not understand that, obviously. Um, so we saw therapists and we saw doctors and ultimately we came to know what he has known all along, which is that he really is a boy. He really Y'all, we live in insane times, do we not? And how much of it is actually the parents, not the kids? Um, and, and you don't want to be cruel. And you shouldn't be cruel. But that doesn't mean you have to give in. Because I'm pretty sure um, that's, that's, that's not right. I know there are people going through stuff. But it's just not normal. The idea that your child at 18 months old, because at 18 months old, your child was playing with the boy toy you admitted you bought your child means that your daughter was going to always manifest as a boy or that your daughter, because she ate green vegetables, was trying to, to turn herself into a boy by the testosterone project, per, uh, generation of the green vegetables. What? This is more a story about the um about the about the parents than it is about the kid um what is, what is this joe uh house bill um what on earth is is no i haven't even seen this one Dude, I, I, now I got to go. This is so uh, my buddy Joe is, is over in Louisiana and he's listening to me about this. And he says, I, I, I missed the best part of this debate. Um, now I got to go find who is this blue faced person. You got to you got to send me the link. This is unfair. Now I have to find who is the who is the blue faced. Per yes, there's literally someone who showed up blue. Uh, to, to, to participate in the debate, this is, but what did the kid identify as what a monster or something? I mean, this is all, this is all just such crazy stuff. People losing their minds. Here we go. Um, let's see. Okay. We got this one. Uh, here we go. Uh, the committee moved another bill to the floor that bans classroom discussion of gender identity. One of the people who testified it was a drag queen with a blue face who called himself Big Gay Baby. I didn't see that one. This is, literally, this is a, a drag queen in a blue face 
like a blue painted face with fake eyelashes, calls himself Big Gay Baby, was opposed to the legislation. This is crazy town. This is crazy town. Now, I got to move on to something else because this is just, I, I okay. Here's my concern. I, I, I don't believe that we should be uh, jerks to people who are clearly suffering. But also, I do kind of think we're at the point where you have to laugh about the absurdity of these sorts of things. You have the blue-faced drag queen uh, upset that we may not talk to third graders about what a drag queen is. And you have the mom who is convinced that her daughter was actually her son because he ate green vegetables. Uh, you do have to laugh at some of this stuff. You don't have to be a jerk. But you do have to recognize this is kind of like weirdly, compellingly funny that these are the people who have been bold enough to testify as somehow experts in this stuff. Holy moly, we are a nation full of insane people. And the thing is, they're all Democrats. And so the Democrats are looking at themselves and insane people don't know that they're insane. When you're captured by insanity, you don't recognize it. You think that it's the other people who are insane. What? You don't think a third grader who eats green leafy vegetables is is transitioning? Really? No. That's what it, that's that's one of the signs that they're transitioning is they like their Brussels sprouts. Well, oh my God! I mean, I, I, at some point you got to understand the absurdity of it and point out the absurdity. But I have to move on to something else I care passionately about. I want to talk to you about the Philippines because the Philippines is uh, one of the coolest countries on planet Earth. It has lots of issues. It does. There are Islamic extremists in the islands of the Philippines trying to take over islands. They are killing people. Uh, it has been. Uh, it has elected another Marcos. Uh, if you will remember in the 1980s, uh, Milda Marcos and her husband, they were largely the dictators of the Philippines. Uh, the Reagan administration convinced them to give up power. They were given safe haven in Hawaii where Milda Marcos and her bajillion shoes took up residence. Uh, the country over time moved more and more to the left, and in moving more and more to the left, uh, they elected a crazy person to be the president of the Philippines, and the crazy person liked Donald Trump and then didn't and decided he was going to get in bed with China. And the problem is that the Chinese essentially told him that's all well and good, but you have to give up territorial claims in the South China Sea. The Filipino voters had enough and they have allowed the Marcos's son to come to power. That's right, uh, Emilda Marcos's son, and um, oh, what was um, the husband, Ferdinand? Yes, Ferdinand Marcos Sr. So Ferdinand Marcos Jr. is now the president of the Philippines. People on the left are complaining. Now I need to be just blunt with you. Uh, Jamal Khashoggi, who was killed by the Saudis, was not a hero. He did not deserve to be killed. He also wasn't a great person. Uh, he was not somehow the, the great bastion of journalistic liberty. He was, was uh, he had all sorts of uh, ties of that uh, make me question the unbiased nature of his journalism, but he was not a person who deserved to die. But he did. The Saudis killed him. That's beyond dispute that the Saudis killed the guy. However, uh, members of the mainstream media have decided that uh, no American administration can have normal ties with Saudi Arabia because of what happened to Jamal Khashoggi. These people are children. 
The reality is there are bad people on the planet, and some of those bad people we have to do business with. There are concerns about uh, Ferdinand Marcos Jr. as president of the Philippines might be trying to restore the authoritarianism that his father had on the island and that he apparently is a corrupt person. You know what? I would rather this corrupt person and this country be on our side than on China's side, giving China a larger footprint in the South China Sea. Diplomacy, how do you do this? International affairs, how do you do this? We used to have grown-ups in Washington and in the press who recognized you sometimes have to do business with people you don't particularly care for because if you don't do business with them and build alliances with them, the really bad guys who are your enemies will. This is the nature of the Cold War. One of the nefarious things the media did during the Cold War is they essentially tried to bully the Bush or the Reagan and then the Bush administrations into not having ties with countries that had dictators because they were terrible people. Yes. Pinochet threw communists out of helicopters in the Pacific. But you know what? It was better that Pinochet rule his country, Chile, than that the communists got to power in Chile and handed it over to the communists of the Soviet Union. It was far better to have Pinochet there using free market economics, even though he was a strongman dictator, than having some Soviet communist stooge in charge. And the media aligned with the left refused to acknowledge these basic truths. And here they are again blasting the Biden administration for having relationships with Ferdinand Marcos Jr. because of his parents' sins and his own when the alternative is to hand the Philippines over to China. How do you play this game of international diplomacy, members of the media? You grow up and realize sometimes you have to have relationships and alliances with countries you might otherwise prefer not to do business with. That's just the reality. Same with Saudi Arabia which is messing with us on oil prices and a whole lot more because the Biden administration decided that they were too pure to do business with the Saudis. And now the Saudis are opening the door to the Chinese and the Russians. International relations, how do you do this? It's not that hard if you understand sometimes there are people who are not nice, but you still have to have them as allies. And when the media claims pure is the driven snow that they don't have to, well, the media gets us in second place to China. Speaking of pure as the driven snow, if you go to Eden Pure Deals, that's Eden like the Garden of Eden, pure like the driven snow, EdenPureDeals.com, and you put Eric in, E-R-I-C-K, you can get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms for less than $200, and you get free shipping. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm, it's an air purifier. It gets rid of the mildew, the mold, mildew, the mildew, the mold, the pollen, the dust floating in the air. But the way I use it, the way it shines is as an odor eliminator. So in my hotel room in Kentucky, when the people next door were smoking cigarettes before they got evicted from the hotel, my room stunk. I fired up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm because I can hold it in my hand. It's small. I travel with it wherever I go. It wiped out the odors. When I had a rental car in Louisiana, someone had clearly been smoking something in it, fired up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, plugged it in with a USB cord to the car. It wiped out the odors. My mother said the car smelled like it had run over a skunk. I was like, that ain't a skunk, Mom. Well, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm made it so you didn't smell anything. It wipes out odors, pet odors, litter box odors, smoke odors, musty odors, kitchen odors, you name it. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm works. You can get three of them for less than $200 at EdenPureDeals.com. Put in my name, Eric, E-R-I-C-K. One for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your basement, your RV, your travel bag, wherever you need them. EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code Eric. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. Glad to be with you. Uh, Glenn Youngkin. 
has announced he is not going to run for president of the United States. I kind of figured that was the case. Uh, but he's also come out now and blasted the uh, the Biden administration on how it's trying to handle China. But we know what China's trying to do, and, and that is to dominate the world. And they're going to use every arrow in their quiver from from surveillance balloons to TikTok to, to intellectual property theft to economic coercion and to saber rattling, if not more. And and so we need to wake up and recognize that particularly in these most important sectors, semiconductors, the supply chain uh, for pharmaceuticals, supply chains uh, for automotive and for and for um, winter turbines and, and for solar panels. I mean, we have now decided, at least our president has, that he's going to drive us into these industries. We have to secure supply chains for these with our friends. And that's why when I was in uh, Taiwan and Japan and Korea, this is what I was speaking with, with both their political leaders and their business leaders about bringing those supply chains, not just to America, but to Virginia. Virginia's been number one in so many, so many polls for business. And it's time for us to get uh, some of these supply chains into the Commonwealth. I was excited about what I heard, but I was also very, very comforted by the unity, the unity that political leaders and business leaders in these countries that are really at risk because of China threat want to strengthen relationships in the U.S. and make sure these supply chains are robust and we have a shared economic future. You know, I, again, I go back to this idea that I think we need to ally source instead of um, outsourcing, instead of offshoring. Uh, ally shore or, or ally source our production. Uh, th the reality is, uh, despite what some of you might think, it is impossible to make uh, some products in this country at a reasonable enough price uh, for them to be commercially viable. You just can't do it. Labor costs, uh, quality of life, income, salaries, everything in this country are so much more, uh, which makes it in, uh, not feasible to do. But we don't have to put everything in China. We could uh, ally shore it. Uh, instead of offshore to China, you put it with an ally. Uh, Vietnam, believe it or not, of all countries, is becoming an American ally. The reason is because though they are communist and though they were at war with us for a long time, they feel very threatened by China. China, as the dominant communist party uh, power in Asia, believes it should be able to tell Vietnam what to do. And they've come for Vietnamese fisheries, among other things. And the Vietnamese are now suddenly uh, amenable to dealing with the Americans. Apple is starting to move production into Vietnam and to India. Uh, a lot of other companies are as well. And it's smart. We should be sending our economic power to allies, not to China. The Chinese are not an ally. And if the Biden administration would get a clue on this and start doing this, we would be far better off. But they just can't think outside the box on any of this stuff, outside progressive orthodoxy.